apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser. I am solo today. Justin D'Onofrio is out. So before we get to the Week 17 slate, and we got a really good Week 17 slate in the NFL, we'll talk about J.J. Watt, who yesterday he announced his retirement uh, from the NFL. He's going to obviously play the last two games with the Cardinals, but great career for J.J. Watt, most of it with the Houston Texans. I mean, he was a uh, three, three-time three Defensive Player of the Year and a, a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time Pro Bowler, just a phenomenal career for him. You'll always remember that 2014 season where he was absolutely phenomenal. He had a great year. He led the league. Yeah, he had the most pressures of any player of all. He broke the record for pressures in an entire season. So really, really, really a phenomenal, phenomenal career for J.J. Watt. It's going to come to an end after this season. And he is, to me, he is clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best defensive players of our generation. So, uh, so, so great career for J.J. Watt. And uh, all the best to him because he had a phenomenal career with the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. But now let's get to the week 17 slate. And we're going to start with the game of the week in week 17. And that is between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is going to be an awesome game between these two teams. I think these two teams are going to go back and forth. The weather's pretty good in Cincinnati on Monday night. So I think it's going to be both, both these quarterbacks are going to show how good they are, why they're top quarterbacks in the league. I think it's going to go back and forth between these two teams. 
But the difference in this game is I'm going to take the team who's going to run the football better, and I'm going to take the team which defense is going to make the stop at the end. And I think that defense is going to be the Bills. I think they're going to make that big turnover at the end of the game, just like they're going to force that big turnover at the end, just like they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why I think the Bills are going to go on the road and beat the Bengals 31 to 27. I think this is, this is an awesome game. Huge! It's a huge! It's a huge one for both teams because if the if the uh, Bills win this game, they pretty much have a great chance to get the number one seed because uh, they play the, the Patriots in their last home game. If they lose, there's a good chance they're going to drop to the three seed because if you look at the if you look at uh if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They got two very very winnable games to end the season against the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. And then if you look at the uh, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, it, they they do have a tough game in Week 18, but it is a home game against the Ravens. So if the Bills lose this game, they're probably going to fall to the three seed. So this is a bit, huge huge game for seeding in the AFC, and this very very possibly could be a matchup we see in the divisional round or a matchup we see in the AFC Championship game. So this is going to be a really really exciting game between these two teams, and I am really really excited to watch it. But in, in terms of my pick, I'm going with the Bills close. We So we'll now move on to a matchup, an interconference matchup, the Thursday night game, the game tomorrow night between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. And I don't think this game is going to be close. I think the Dallas is going to do what they want on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be able to run the ball really, really well. I think the Cowboys will be able to run the ball with, with Tony Pollard and with Ezekiel Elliott. I think Dak will stay hot. He had a good, really good game last week. I think he stays hot this week, throws a couple touchdown passes. And I think Tennessee's offense is abs- outside of Derrick Henry is absolutely pathetic. They can't protect. Malik Willis is not ready to be an NFL starter. You saw that last week, and he made that big mistake at the end of the game. He, he's not ready. So I think Tennessee loses this game, and I think they lose it big. I got Dallas go, go, going to 12-4 and four and staying in the race and keeping their chances alive to win the NFC East, winning this game 30-10 to 10 over the Tennessee Titans. Now we got a interesting game at the Meadowlands as the Colts travel to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. If you saw the Colts offense on Monday Night Football, it was absolutely pathetic. The Giants coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Minnesota Vikings, a game where I thought Daniel Jones, outside of that one pick, played really, really well. And I think this week, I think the Giants, I think this game is close early on. I think the Colts defense, they got some players on it with DeForest Buckner, with Stephon Gilmore. They got some players on that defense. So I do think the Colts defense keeps them in it early. But I think the difference is going to be the Colts offense isn't going to be able to do much against the Giants defense. And I think the Giants defense will make a, will make a more plays than the Colts offense. And that's why I think the Giants win. I think this will be the first game the Giants win by double digits this year. I got them winning this game 24-10. to 10. And if they win this game, they will clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2016. I mean, and it would be it would be great for them. It would be great for them to clinch a spot and then have a week of rest. It would be awesome for, because Brian Dable's done an outstanding job in in his first season as a, as Giants head coach. It would just be great for this t- team to be able to rest that last week of the season and get ready for the first round of the playoffs. That's why this game is very very crucial on Sunday afternoon. And it is and it is a game. I think the Giants are. It's a crucial game, but I think I definitely think it's a game. The Giants are going to win on New Year's Day, so so it's it's going to be it should be a really really good game. It should it should be a real a game the Giants should win and and should get their first playoff spot since 2016. We got an interest. We got an interesting game, an interconference matchup at FedEx Field as the Browns take on the Commanders, and I think this is going to be a close competitive game. But I think the Commanders. I, I don't agree with what Ron Rivera did today, uh, benching Taylor Heineke and uh, and going with Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke was. Taylor Heineke was, I think, five, five, two, and one, or five, 
five, three and one. He got you into that position to, to, to be a wild card when Carson Wentz was playing. Your the, the commander's offense was not playing well at all. I don't think this division is going to be popular in the locker room. Decision is going to be popular in the locker room, and I think it's going to show up on the field on uh, on Sunday. I think that the Browns, yes, Deshaun Watson has not played well. But this will be the best weather game that Deshaun Watson has played in. I think he makes less mistakes than Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz throws a pick or two. And that's why I got Cleveland pulling the upset here. I know they're out of the playoffs, but I got them pull, coming to Washington and pulling an upset. And I got I got the Browns winning this game 23-20. to 20, And by the end of Week 17, Washington will no longer be controlling their own destiny in the postseason. And so now we'll move on to a team who I think is going to be controlling their own destiny after week 17. And that's the Detroit lions. And they got a huge game with the Chicago bears. And I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be competitive because Justin Fields is, is uh, even though the team has lost, he has still played really, really well for the bears this year. I think he puts up some points. I think he plays well on Sunday and puts up points. But the problem is I don't think the Chicago defense is going to be able to stop Jared Goff in this lions offense. I think this lions offense is going to have a, a big day. I think they're going to put up in the 30s. And that's why I think the Lions, and my prediction is, I think the Lions going into week 17 are going to be controlling their own destiny to get that last playoff spot. I got them going into Detroit and beating the Chicago Bears 31-24 to on Sunday. I think they bounce back from their poor performance. I think this is a bounce back game. Jared Goff has been phenomenal, phenomenal at home. 20 touchdowns, three picks. I think he continues to play well at home. And that's why I got the Lions winning this game 31 to 24 over the Chicago Bears. We will stay in the NFC North, and it's a huge game on Sunday afternoon as the Vikings travel to Green Bay to face the travel to Green Bay to face the Packers. I think this is going to be it's going to be a game the Vikings have played all year. I think it's going to be close, competitive. I think uh, Dalvin Cook will have a pretty good game on the ground. I think I think, uh, but I do think AJ Dillon has a good game on the ground for the Packers. I think both quarterbacks play well. But I think this is going to be a game that comes down to the end, and we know what happens when the game comes down to the end. The Vikings win it. We've seen it all year long. The Vikings 11-0 in one-possession games. I think this is another one-possession game that they win. I got them winning this one 28-24 over the Packers. I think think this is what the Vikings are. This is the team they've been all year winning one-possession games. I think they do it, and I think they hurt the Packers' playoff chances. I think the Packers fall to 7-9. I think the Vikings uh, improve to 13-3, and and I think the Vikings keep pace with the 49ers for that second spot in the NFC. We got another huge game in Seattle. We got the Jets traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Historically, the Jets have had a lot of trouble in Seattle, but this week uh, Robert Sala made the right move to go to Mike White. He's been out the last two weeks with a rib injury. I think this move is going to really help this Jets team this week. I think this Jets team is going to be able to run the football pretty well because Seattle has trouble stopping the run. I do think Mike White's going to throw a couple, throw a touchdown pass or two, and I do think this Jets defense is going to give Geno Smith trouble. Geno Smith has not played well the last three weeks. I know he was, he was a pro bowler, but he has not played well the last three weeks. Five picks, three interceptions. I think that this is a close competitive game, but I which comes right down to the end. But I think this Jets defense, like they like they didn't do in Detroit, I think they make that big play this week in Seattle. And I got the Jets going eight and eight and having a shot uh, in the last week of the season. I got the Jets beating beating the Seahawks twenty three to seventeen and staying in the playoff race in the AFC. Staying in the AFC in the AFC, we got a huge game in Foxborough between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. I think this is going to be an ugly game. It's going to be close. It's going to be low scoring. Two is in concussion protocol and more than likely is not going to play in this game. 
for the Dolphins. So I think this is well, I think this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. But I do think the Dolphins are good enough to beat the Patriots without Tua Tagovailoa. I think that uh, I think that Teddy Bridgewater will do what he's done his whole career. He'll manage the game. He won't turn the ball over. He will be the quarterback this week that makes less mistakes in Foxborough. I think Mac Jones makes a mistake or two, and I think that comes back to cost the Pats. I got the Dolphins winning in Foxborough, twenty to seventeen, ending the New England Patriots playoff hopes. And if they, if the Patriots lose, Matt Patricia should be unemployed on Monday. He should be done. If they lose, they can't. If they can't win this whole game against a backup quarterback, Matt Patricia should be fired. And they should bring and they should bring in Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator next year because you cannot keep the Patriots cannot keep uh, cannot continue to set their young quarterback up not to succeed. So if the Patriots don't win this game. Matt Patricia shouldn't even be allowed to coach in week 18. He should be fired. And I think that's that's what's going to happen. I think the Patriots are going to lose. I think the Dolphins are going to beat them 20 to 17. And I think I think my prediction is it's going to come out of the last week of the season between the Jets and Dolphins for that final playoff spot in the AFC. We'll stay in the AFC. We got a game that the the Steelers are going to be at one o'clock. They're going to be huge New England Patriot fans because they're going to need the Patriots to win their game at one o'clock to stay in this thing. So, because if they if the if the Dolphins win, they're going to be out of this game before they play the Sunday night game against the Ravens. But I still think it's going to be a very very difficult night for the Steelers against the Ravens because the Ra- let me tell you the Ravens this year are going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. The, we all know their obvious issue is the receiving core. The Ravens they did lose uh they lost Rashad Bateman for the season, so their receiving core that's definitely going to be an issue. But I think the way this team is – the difference between this this year's team and last year's team is they've been able to win games that Lamar Jackson hasn't played in. Last year, this team went 0-4 in games Lamar didn't play. And once Lamar got hurt, they couldn't win a game. This year, they've already, they have, they've already won two games that Lamar hasn't played in. They beat the Steelers a couple weeks ago, and they beat the Falcons last week. And a big reason for that is their run game. They got J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards healthy, and their defense has improved this year. Marlon Humphrey is back. And the addition of Roquan Smith was a great addition for this team at the trade deadline. So I think this is a close – well, if Lamar plays, I think they win it by two scores. But I'm assuming he's not. I think they're going to still stick with Tyler Huntley, and it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. But I'm going with the Ravens win it, to win this game 20-13. to 13, And I think that's going to set up a huge showdown next uh, in Week 18 where the Bengals and Ravens are going to play for the AFC North title. So I got the Ravens winning this clean close 20-13. to 13. I just don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be able to do enough. I just don't think the Steelers' offense is going to be able to do enough. Kenny Pickett right now, yes, he's won some games, but uh, he still has a long way to go to be a to be a, a franchise quarterback in this league. Next year is going to be a huge year for him. It's going to be a really, really huge year for him. But this year, as a rookie, I just can't see him going into Baltimore and winning a game like this. This is why I got the Ravens beating the Steelers 20-13. to 13. We got an NFC matchup in Philadelphia, and both these teams are in it. The Eagles trying to clinch home field advantage and the division. They couldn't do it last week. They almost did. They could not do it last week in Dallas as Dallas beat them 40-34. to You got the Saints, who kept their season alive last week in Cleveland, coming back from 10-0 down, beating the Browns 17-10. to I think this is going to be a really – I think this is going to be a game that I think the Eagles win. I think they win it by double digits. I think the Saints, there's a good, they're definitely going to be without Jarvis Landry. They could be without Chris Olave. I do think Camaro will give them some yardage on the ground. But the problem is, even if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, I think Andy Dalton's the quarterback that makes more mistakes in this game. I do think Gardner Minshew makes more plays too. And that's why I got the Eagles clinching the number one seed and the division on Sunday, beating the Saints 24-13. to 
And uh, the big question for the Eagles is going to be is, uh, even if they clinch in, in Week 17, do they play Jalen Hurts? I don't think you're going to see Jalen Hurts for the rest of the regular season. I, I know it's a little risky because he could be very rusty in the first round of the playoffs. But I, I don't think – I just, in my opinion, I don't think you're going to see Jalen Hurts for the rest, rest of the regular season. But I don't think it's going to matter this week because I think the Eagles are going to clinch the division and they're going to clinch home field throughout the playoffs and they're going to beat the Saints 24-13. to We got a huge matchup in the NFC South, a rematch of a game from Week 7, which the Panthers won. The Panthers have been really, have been really good since uh, Steve Wilkes has taken over. I'd like to see him get that job in Carolina. Sam Darnold has – they're 3-1 and one with Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback. The Panthers have been playing a lot better over the last month. The Buccaneers, it's just they've just been inconsistent all year. They were lucky to win that game on Christmas night. If it wasn't for that fumble – on third and one, they would not have won that game against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So I think this is I think this is a close competitive game. But as much as much as I would like to see the Panthers win this game and, and and see Sam Darnold and Steve Wilkes get to the playoffs, I just don't think they have as good of a team as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I just think the Buccaneers find a way to win this game. I got the Bucks. If they win this game, they win the the NFC South, and I got them clinching the NFC South on Sunday. I got the Bucks winning this game twenty-four to twenty, but the thing is, is the Bucks are still are still. But the, but even though the Bucks win, I still think they're far from a Super Bowl contender. Tom Brady, I still think he's pretty good, but he's not the quarterback he once was. He did not play well on Sunday night. The Buccaneers did not do a great. The defense were stopping the run. They did not do a great job stopping the run on Sunday night. The, the only reason this team is in the playoffs. It's, and it's obvious it's because the division is absolutely terrible. So this team really has to pick it over the next couple of weeks to, 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 to even get me to consider taking them in the first round against the Dallas Cowboys. So I got the Bucs winning this one, but I still don't think at this point the Bucs are going anywhere in the postseason. Now transitioning to a team that could make a run in the postseason, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars, as they head to Houston to face the Houston Texans. And a lot of people might think this is going to be an easy game. This is going to be an easy game. There's two reasons why I don't think it's going to be an easy game. Number one, Houston has played for Lovey Smith these last couple of weeks. You saw them almost beat the Cowboys. You saw them almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they upset the Tennessee Titans at home uh, on the road last week. So Houston has been playing. This team has been playing for Lovey Smith the last couple of weeks. And in his career, Trevor Lawrence is 0-3 against the Jacksonville Jaguars and has not played well in any of those games. But. I do think things are going to change this week. I do think Travis Etienne has a big game on the ground. I do think Trevor Lawrence has a pretty good game through the year. I do think that the Texans offense competes. I do think Davis Mills competes in this game, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I got the Jags going to 8-8, eight and eight, beating the Houston Texans 27-20 on Sunday. We got an NFC West matchup in Kansas City as the Denver Broncos take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And for the game, I think it'll be competitive, but I do think the Chiefs, I think it'll be competitive just because the teams don't like each other. And they played a competitive game last week. But I think by the third quarter, by the third or fourth quarter, the Chiefs will pull away in this game. I got them winning at 27 to 13. But the big story for the Broncos is the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. And this had to happen. It's not all Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Russell Wilson has been absolutely, she's te- t- t- been absolutely terrible for the uh, for, for for the Broncos this year, and that that trade is one of the is, is looking like one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL. But Nathaniel Hackett just didn't have it. It started in Week One when he took the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand to try to kick a field goal. He just never had command of this locker room. So I do think it is the right move for the for the Broncos. 
uh, to fire and hack it. But now for them, the pressure is clear for the Bron- for the Broncos. The pressure is clearly on their GM George Payton because this will be his third head coach he hires in three years, and it's on Russell Wilson to start living up to this contract because he has been he, he was absolutely horrible this year. Yes, Hackett was terrible, but Wilson was terrible too. He was nowhere near what the Broncos thought he was going to get. Before we get on to the Cards and Falcons, we are going to we're going to read it. We're going to uh, read a comment from Hector, one of our one of our I think our best listener. Uh, do you feel the NFL should seed playoff teams according to record? That's a tough one, but I'm, I, I think they should. I, I really, really think they should I, because it, 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 let's be honest. I hate the Cowboys. It's not fair to the Dallas Cowboys that they're going to probably be, you know, 12 and five and they're going to have to go to an eight and nine Tampa Bay Buccaneers team in the first round. So to answer Hector's question, I think, yes, I think the NFL should uh, see teams according to record. I, 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 I think, I, I think, uh, I, I, I think they should see it according to record. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Bucs if they get into the playoffs. But, yeah, they, 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 it's the way they're playing. They should definitely be the last seed in, in, in the NFC. We'll move on to a, to, the, to a game in Atlanta as the Cardinals travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Neither of these teams are playoff teams right now. But I do think the winner of this game is going to be the team that runs the ball better, and that's going to be Atlanta Falcons. I think they have a big day on the ground, and they forced Chase McSorley to turn the ball over a couple of times. And that's why I got the Atlanta Falcons winning this game over the Arizona Cardinals, 27-17. to 17. And we got another conversation. <laughs> Hector says, I agree. Yes, yes. I think, I think everyone's got to be in agreement that the Buccaneers should be the number seven seed in the NFC. But we'll go back to the slate, and we got a battle in Las Vegas as the 49ers head to Vegas to face the Raiders. And I think the Niners win this game, and I think they win it by a couple scores. I think they run the ball. I think it's a big day for Christian McCaffrey. I think Brock Rudy throws a couple touchdown passes. And I think the Niners' defense forces a couple turnovers from Derek Carr. And that's why I think the Niners go to 12-4, and four and they win this game. I think the Raiders drop to 6-10. and 10. The Raiders, they're out of the playoffs after their awful loss last week against the uh, against against the. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Derek Carr threw a really, really bad interception. And we, at this point, we don't know what Derek Carr's future is. The, 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 McDaniels has got to blame someone. It's looking like the relationship between McDaniels and Carr isn't good. So there's a very good chance you don't see Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders in the near future. We'll stay on, we'll wrap up staying on the West Coast as we got a battle in Los Angeles between the Rams and the Chargers. I think in this game, the Chargers, they clinched a playoff spot last week against the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a close – I think this game is a game that's close and competitive early because Sean McVay will have his team playing. Baker Mayfield has played well since he's became the starting quarterback of the Rams. But by the second half, I think the better team takes over, the more talented team takes over. And that's why I got the Chargers going to 10-6, and six, winning this game 27-16 over uh, – 27-16 over the Raiders. So – we got the college football playoff we got start, uh, on New Year's Eve, and we got a bunch of bowl games the day after New Year's Day. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. 
You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so on New Year's Eve, we got the college football playoff. We got the first game in the Valero Alamo Bowl as we got the uh, number three-seeded TCU Horn Frogs against the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan in their second uh, college football, second straight year, they are in the college football playoff. And I think I think this game, I, I, I did not think TCU should have been ranked number, should have been seeded number three. I thought they should have been in the college football playoff, but I thought I thought this should have been Michigan, Ohio State, and it should have been TCU. And Georgia, I don't. I think TCU should be the number three seed, and I think Michigan is going to prove that this week. I think. I think the biggest difference between these two teams is the defense. Michigan has not given up more than thirty points in a game this entire season. TCU has done that five times, and they've done it in the Big Twelve, which is probably the second worst conference outside of the ACC. So, in this game, I think this is going to be one of those games where I think Michigan's going to be able to run the football. I think with with Donovan Edwards, who had a big game, especially at the end against Ohio State. Uh, when they, when they played against Ohio State, he had a big game there. I think he has another huge, huge he has another has a big game on the ground. Where he runs for over 100 yards. He had a big game against Purdue too in the uh, Big Ten championship game. I think he has a game where he rushes for over 100 yards. And I think that I think that Michigan runs the ball well. And I do think that Michigan is going to contain Keandre Miller. I think then that, that's the biggest key for TCU. They have got to get their run game going. If they can't get their run game going, I think it's going to be a really really tough game for Max Duggan to win. To, to, to play really well against this Michigan defense all by himself. He's going to need help from that run game. So I do think that Michigan does a good job containing Miller. I think they forced Duggan to turn the ball over. And I think they Michigan wins this, and I think they win it by a couple scores. I got Michigan beating uh, – I got Michigan uh, beating uh, TCU and advancing to the national title game. I got them beating TCU – 31 to 17. I think this is I, I think that TCU's had a great year, but this is by far the best team they are going to play all season long. Uh, I, I, yeah, this is the best team they've played all year long. They're not conference schedule. I know Michigan's non-conference schedule wasn't that good, but Michigan went into the horseshoe and, and beat Ohio State by 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 a couple scores. Uh TCU has not played a team. I know Kansas State is good. They're not on Michigan's level level. That's why I got Michigan winning this game, advancing to the national title game to face the winner of Georgia and Ohio State. And I think TCU had a great year. Sonny Dykes has done an outstanding job, but I think it comes to an end on Saturday afternoon in Glendale, Arizona.
We got the second semifinal between Ohio State and Georgia. I think this is going to be. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I do. Th- I do think the big. The biggest thing for Ohio State is they got to get the run game going with Mylon Williams because if they don't, it could be tough. Because you know, I think. They, I mean, Georgia could bracket Marvin Harrison Jr. They could put Ringo on Marvin Harrison Jr. This is again. This is the. I mean, I know that Ohio State faced Michigan. But this is the best defense Ohio State has seen all season long in Georgia, and uh, I, I, I. But but uh, vice versa, you could argue this might be the best offense Georgia has seen all season long in Ohio State. So I do think this game is close and competitive. I think that Georgia does have success on the ground. We saw the success that Michigan had on the ground against Ohio State. I think Georgia has that same success, has that same success on the ground with Kenny McIntosh, with Dwayne Edwards, with Kendall Milton. I think they have that same success on the ground. I do think Stenson Bennett throws two or three touchdown passes, but I do think C.J. Stroud is a big game. I think he, even if they take away Harrison, I think C.J. Stroud finds other guys to have success. I think he throws two or three touchdown passes too. I think this game comes right down to the end, but I got to go with the defending national champions to beat the Buckeyes. I got them winning it 34-27, to but I think this is going to be a really, really exciting game between these two teams. And this is probably going to be the best game. This is probably going to be the best game. Uh, this is de- I think this is going to be the better, definitely going to be the better game of the two. I think it's going to be one of the best college football semifinals we've seen in a while. I think this is going to be the best college football semifinal we've seen since that Clemson, uh, Cle- that that uh, Clemson uh, Ohio State game in uh, in 2019. I think that's going to be the best college football semi since that game. I think I think that uh, I think this is going to be I think it's going to be really really competitive and this is going to be a really really exciting game between these two teams. And Georgia does have a little bit of a home field advantage, but I do think Ohio State competes in this game. So I got Michigan heading to the national title game, uh, beating TCU. I and I got Georgia beating Ohio State. So I got Mich- Georgia trying to defend their national title on January 10th against the Michigan Wolverines. So we'll wrap up the show talking about some of the, uh, some, some of the New Year's six games. And we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Tennessee and Clemson. I think this game, I think Tennessee's got some opt-outs, obviously handed hookers out of injury. Hyatt's going to be out for Tennessee. So I think the team with Will, I think Will Shipley has a good game on the ground. And I think Kublik throws a couple touchdown passes because he'll be the starter because DJ DJ Ungulay transferred to Oregon State. I think this is a close competitive game, and I'm going with the ACC champs to win the Orange Bowl. I'm going with Clemson to win the Orange Bowl, 27 to 20 over Tennessee. We got the Crimson Tide playing in the Sugar Bowl against the Big 12 champion Kansas State Wildcats, and there's a lot of rumors out there that uh, that. that Will Anderson and Bryce Young are going to play. Uh, I don't know why they're going to play. They're both going to be top five picks. I don't get why they're playing in this game. I, they're just risking injury uh, to, to themselves. I, I don't really get at all why they're playing in this game, but they're going to play in this game. And if they do play in this game, I do think this is going to be an, an Alabama win. I think it's going to be an Alabama win big. I think Alabama is going to beat Kansas State. Uh, I, I, got, I, I got them winning the game of 41 to 20. As I said earlier about TCU, and the best team they've played is uh is 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 Kansas State. Kansas State is a good team. They're not a great team, and I think Alabama is going to prove that uh, the, uh on uh on Saturday afternoon in the Sugar Bowl, and that's why I got Alabama beating Kansas State forty-one to twenty. We got the Cotton Bowl between Tulane and and uh, USC. I think because Jordan Addison's not playing this game, I think this game will be will be. 
pretty close early, but it looks like Caleb Williams is going to play. I don't. He's, I, he, I know he's a little banged up, but it looks like he's going to play. And I think I think if he plays, I think USC ends up winning. It. I think they win it by two scores. As I've said all year long, there's not a player that's meant more to his team this year than Caleb Williams in USC. I thought he should have won the Heisman. I thought that, that was definitely the right move, giving him the Heisman Trophy. Uh, so I again, I think this is this is a close game for a little while, but I think the better team in USC and Caleb Williams carries them to a double-digit win, and that's why I got USC winning the Cotton Bowl 34-24. to 24. Lastly, we got the granddaddy of, them all, uh, granddaddy of them all in the Rose Bowl. Penn State and USC, it's always a Rose Bowl is always great. Great scene. The pageantry is probably the best of any game in college football. The color of the pageantry. And we know it's, it never really decides the national champion, but it's definitely the, most, the game that I look forward to the most outside of the national championship game. And it's nice to have my Penn State Nittany Lions in the game. I mean, historically, they have not played well at the Rose Bowl. The last time they won the Rose Bowl was back when they when they came in second in 94 with Kerry Collins and they beat Oregon. Uh, so I think this game is close and competitive. But with the opt-outs Penn State has, uh, Parker Washington is opting out. Joey Porter Jr. is opting out. but And on the other side, Dalton Kincaid is opting out. But I do think Cam Rising wins the Rose Bowl this year. I don't like to say it as a Penn State fan, but I do think Cam Rising – outplays Sean Clifford. I think this is a close competitive game that uh, Utah ends up winning 27 to 24 over Penn State. I think it's it, it'll, it, it's going to be close and competitive, but I think at the at the end of the day, Utah ends up, this is their second straight uh, trip to the Rose Bowl. I think it's, it's going to be a different result than it was last year. I got Utah winning it 27 to 24 over Penn State. That is going to wrap it up this. Uh, that is going to wrap it up this week for Sports Talk with RNJ. Justin and I will be back next week previewing Week 18 of the NFL season and previewing the national championship game. Have a happy and safe New Year, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open. It's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is of his availability. Saquon Barkley. He's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees.